Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your local Phoenix-based podcast, letting you know what we, three movie ruffians, think about what's going on in the theaters, on your home screen, and in your head. Interviewers, we've got Victor Moreno here, along with Joshua T. Ruth. That's Nightmare Bear to you. <laughs> and Kirby Nelson. The three of us are explorers in the deepest reaches of cinema. Angels to some, demons to others. Join us uh, fortnightly here on <laughs> Cult Following on iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can find us at cultfollowing.co where we provide reviews of your latest and greatest movies. We'll be talking about a few of those today. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, Red Sparrow. We'll be talking about Annihilation. Maybe we'll talk about Wrinkle in Time and Strangers Pray at Night. You know, lots of stuff hitting your movie screens this weekend. So why don't we just jump into what we've been doing lately? And yeah. Josh has been watching a lot of stuff. Why don't I you like... tell us about what you've been watching? I like how you said fortnightly. Fortnightly. That was pretty good. It, it, but it's funny because now when anybody says Fortnite, I think about that video game Fortnite, which is like the most popular game out there now. It's like it's taking oh, over. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's like it's I'm like out of the loop. I'm old. <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's probably better. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just like it's, it's a new like battle royale game. So you know, like you're familiar. Are you familiar with the uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, PUBG, as the kids call it? Mm. Yeah, it's basically like battle royale, the movie. But it's a game, you know, oh, okay. it's like 100 people get dropped on an island and you have to go around and find weapons. And then like the last person alive wins. Um, and there's like that's like the new, new popular genre. Ah, and so there's I a, like their moxie. Yeah, exactly. There's a new Fortnite game. So, yeah, anyway, you say, you say Fortnite. I'm thinking about that. But um, yeah, so um, I yeah, I watched a lot of things, actually. I um, I was uh, very, very sick last week with the flu like worst bout of the flu I've ever had. And I'm still kind of in recovery from a, a lingering case of bronchitis. Uh, so I, I went, I was like, I knew this was happening. Um, I was getting sick. So I went uh, to superstar video on um, 99 cent Monday and I rented 11 movies. Wow. That is <laughs> quite the stash. Yeah. You know, I was like, I knew I was getting sick. So I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm just renting myself a bunch of movies. Uh, so I had actually picked up, you know, some new releases that I hadn't seen. Uh, and then I also got just a bunch of uh, popcorn action movies because I knew that they would be, uh, you know, they would be comforting to me. Uh, so I, uh, but as terms, I don't of, like to think when I'm sick. Yeah, me either. Really, that's when I watch the most like Family Guy and like all these other terrible <laughs> yeah. shows. Yeah, I for wish sure. I could turn my mind off from thinking more often. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, no, it only happens when I'm sick. When yeah. I'm sick, I just don't want to oh, think same. about anything. So, like when you said the a popcorn action movies, I love stuff like that yeah. where I can just put something. Yeah, on. for me, it was like I got Con Air, um, <laughs> you know, Universal Soldier. Uh, and like I, oh, uh, 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 the great Point Break, which I hadn't seen Point Break in so long, because right. like you, I mean, I, I know Colt like had shown po uh, Point Break a couple of times, and I had to... just the one time. Yeah. Oh, is it just the once? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I missed that screening, so. I hadn't seen Point Break in years and years, and that used to be one of my movies that I watched all the time like non-stop and um i love that movie man that movie still holds up dude like it is so so good nice yeah for sure but so as far as some newer stuff that i watched um i did get a chance to catch up on some things so for example i watched suburbicon 
Oh, oh with Matt Damon. I heard that was like the bad. I Owen hated Brothers it. Movie. I hated that movie. I thought it was just downright terrible. So um, I would highly recommend you stay away from Suburbicon. Like it was just a, it was just a. I don't know, man. It was a dreadful and depressing film that was like you know it was just it was like trying to be a black comedy but it wasn't even funny at all um so yeah i didn't didn't really love suburbicon and then um i did i finally get a chance to watch the dark tower it's um, an interesting movie you know i mean i gotta say this about dark tower like um it this is another one of those situations it totally feels like they crammed so like oh, there's yeah. like so much shit going on it's like like there's those things that like I I don't really get it if they're like sup- pretending to be people or just yeah they killed people and skinned them I don't yeah I just I said it in the beginning from the thing I mean me and I know we've talked about it all of us but I know uh, both of us love the um you know uh lengthy king epics yeah. like the stand it and all the ones and it's just the dark tower I'm not as familiar with I only mm-hmm. read the first couple books. But the one thing I can say was that was meant to be a television series Big time. and would be a huge, huge series right now. Oh, it'd be such they, a hit, if dude. If they hadn't. Yeah. Well, originally, that's what it was supposed to be. It was yeah. be like movies with series in between for the right. backstory. Like, it just shows how they weren't thinking ahead of time. No, they no. really weren't. And and really what that should have been, I mean, if they were spot one, I, and I guess I hear that now it is going to be a series. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's that's so that's what I've heard again. But I mean, yeah, that thing's gone through development hell for such a long time. But yeah, if they would have put that thing out as soon as uh, Game of Thrones ends and then boom, here's the gunslinger, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, or here's the Dark Tower, um, that would have well, been brilliant. I just brilliant. feel like with the, uh, the kind of um, uh, atmosphere and hype of westworld that something different could be possible mixing some genres i i feel like there was a platform and a place for it and now it's just that that the audience has been so soured oh yeah um and because they just i mean it was well cast it had good people in it that i enjoy as performance wise i just feel like it was really weird like first it was like um, I think in like some of the preview shows, very like this is Stephen Stephen King's epic masterpiece right. or something like that. It's and an then hour it's, and forty minutes long, and then it slowly yeah. started becoming like from Stephen King somewhere in the <laughs> bottom. And I'm like, yeah, because you know it's not. Yeah, man. Um, but I will say that even with all that said, and I mean, I've read the first three books in the Dark Tower series. Um, certainly not all of them. Uh, and um, I can definitely say that it is one of those situations. Uh, you know, has to do with just lowered expectations because my expectations lowered were expectations. <laughs> uh, so because my expectations are so lowered, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like, but again, I don't have a huge connection to the source material. Uh, so I can, I can say that at least there's that, but as a film, I was like, you know, if I divorced myself of the fact that this is an adaptation, right. Mm-hmm. And I just watched it as, you know, kind of like a, like a popcorn fantasy action movie. I mean, it's certainly better, than things like you know seventh sun you know Ooh. and uh, you know like jupiter yeah. ascending yeah you know yeah, i mean i think it's better than a lot of those kind of films ascending is worth watching just for uh that transcendently weird uh performance by eddie remain he is like mm-hmm. really weird in that movie uh, he's right? just like he knows he's in a shitty oh, yeah. movie and he's just eating that scenery like, yeah big time sorry i just wanted to interject since we just had a mad tv moment that uh my brother was just at Emerald City Comic Con, and he goes, do you want any autographs? So he sends me the, the link to the list, 
And I was like, oh, man, there's a couple. Like, Carl Urban was there. Some people I've yeah. never met or seen. And, but, you know, the prices are very high. They're very... They're even for even, Carl Urban? They're, yeah, they're extremely inflated also in Seattle. And but I started looking down the list, and I saw Phil Lamar. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. How much is it for the UPS guy? Yeah. Like, oh, autograph, I have, signature. I have no happy feelings toward Phil Lamar. He's a weird guy. Yeah. I guess I don't know who Phil Lamar well, is. He, Phil Lamar is Marvin in Pulp Fiction. Okay. He was also on Futurama. Okay. Yeah, he plays a Jamaican doctor. doctor. Gotcha. So when they brought back Futurama, like on Comedy Central, I li- I made a random post on Twitter about how I didn't think it was as funny as the Fox version. Like, yeah, yeah. Clearly, they're yeah. just trying a little hard. Oh, I, I didn't agree. tag anybody in this post. I didn't make Futurama a oh, hashtag. No. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. And literally, Phil Lamar gets and starts like rant, running me down on his like Twitter. Like, Dude. you don't even know it's the same writing team. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, Dude, I didn't even tag you. I don't care what your opinion is. Right. Well, make sure you tag him on this podcast so that yeah. we can get him on as a No, guest. I've told this story before, and he just kept going. I was like, you just don't know how. Like, literally, you could tell he's really passionate about Futurama yeah, coming yeah, yeah. back. And he was, like, literally running through Twitter and probably just typed in his name. Like, how pathetic is and that, And he, like, a, a few days later sent me a DM or that was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, I'm not even following you, <laughs> I didn't even follow him. Right. That just tells you, like, celebrities with too much time on their hands yeah anyway well and 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 i'm sure you were probably (laughs) fairly innocuous about it as well i mean with like how awful human beings are on the internet so much it's like first of all pick your battles you know and you know just like i i'm still just reeling from the fact that i shot marvin in the face is is the doctor yeah (laughs) that's that's just like blowing my mind but uh <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, he's, he, there's, uh, you know, just one of those people I think is better known as a voice actor, unless you right. grew up with him. Yeah, he I was knew also a lot Green Lantern on Justice League and okay. Justice League Unlimited. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. But, gotcha. uh, yeah, it was a, it was a list, uh, that was, uh, pricey to say the least so i was like uh <laughs> my brother's a good guy he'd get me anything but i'm like no nah, i'm really good he yeah. got uh, he got uh the dude from uh the guyver though mark hamill no the uh <laughs> dude who actually played the guy uh, oh, okay um his name i want to say armstrong i didn't mean to by the way i accidentally hit the table that was me not trying yeah, to okay. uh emphasize the importance and the power if, if, of the guyver the yeah. the past is any indication like nobody will even hear yeah. that like yeah. all these well, sounds that we're concerned about like nobody <laughs> hears them like i listen to it full blast in my car i don't hear any of them okay. my favorite thing is when you're at a con and you see somebody who's marginally famous for something but not famous enough to be marginally famous for a con <laughs> i know don't, don't you call that it's the so virgil sad. effect <laughs> right well it's like when when we were at son of monster palooza and you ran into a dude you thought was rick baker oh and it's the dude and from it's the camden uh, toy yeah who like what like 10 years ago was a guest at son of monster palooza but now it's been so long since buffy that being a side actor on buffy doesn't make you famous wow anymore. You know, and like Kirby went up to him and dude was just like, I'm not who you think. I am. <laughs> and I really, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I'm tired. We drove there. I'm like, we sat up all day. And he really does look a lot like Rick Baker, right. like current <laughs> Rick Baker, not yeah. vintage Baker. And it's just one of those things. And I mean, 
And then I realized after Victor told me who he was, I was like, you know, I feel like an idiot, but right. I'm also like, well, it happens. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, but I was like, hey, I love that episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and I don't yeah. think it would have made anything better because it's like, you know, I mean, he just he wasn't gonna care either way. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, Ron like, I, I Ron re- Jeremy's completely pilled out self was uh, at least. Uh, Ron Jeremy's now More at that friendly. stage where he's doing like where he sees an empty table spot, he'll sit down and oh, sign he will. autographs for money. Yeah. But like my favorite one, I think was I was at Fangoria Weekend of Horrors and Roland Kickinger was there. Who like if you guys don't know who Roland Kickinger is, um, he was like the buff Austrian dude on this Howard Stern show on FX in the late nineties, early two thousands called Son of the Beach. Really? But oh, Son was, of the Beach. Yeah, and basically like he was he for a minute everyone thought he was gonna be the Terminator and I think Terminator Salvation. Mm-hmm. But then it turned out he was the body double for CGI Arnold in that one scene. Oh, in. gotcha. So it's yeah, CGI yeah, yeah. Arnold face on his body. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. that guy does look like Rick Baker, by the way. I just looked up yeah. a picture of him. Does yeah. he uh, sign yeah. photos of that, like of Arnold's face, like on <laughs> and off him? Uh, I, I hope so. Know. That'd be amazing. I don't know why I went off on that weird It's cool. I like well, it. it's an important thing with conventions. I always yeah. love people who, I mean, obviously, like I said, there's people, like, I, I have no disrespect for people, like I said, you know this is their only source of income, yeah. and and I'm not at all. It's like, you know, I still enjoy them, but it's just one of those ones where either people are super insulted that you don't know who they are, or it becomes, like, an issue of, like, um, I don't know, like I said, I find it funny with, like, the ludicrous people who are like, well, you know, whatever, like a, like a weekend of horrors or a monster blues, a big horror convention, it's like, well, Robert England's charging 85 I'm at least worth fifty, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, no you're not, man. It's like, uh, not really. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, like I don't go to a ton of cons, like not like you guys, but um, I went to you know the Phoenix Comic Con one year. And uh, that's Comic Fest. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay, now? thank See, you. It's always yeah, something. I don't catch yeah. up with the, these things. Well, that that the whole that that'll be a good documentary one of these days. <laughs> is the uh, legal drama around the phrase Comic Con? Right. Look it up online if you're interested in that. I do. Dude. I do get uh, like all of their 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 uh, things saying like uh, it's just constantly like. Guys, we're sorry for last year. We promise it's going to be better. We promise no one's going to get killed. <laughs> yeah, we promise it's not going to take three hours to get inside. We're oh, so man. sorry. Um, but anyway, so... Well, there, was, uh, which, by the way, uh-huh. I just want to say there always should have been a line for cosplay and a line for n- right. no. Yeah. It's, it, and I don't mean that in any way. I'm not diminishing cosplay. Please do not send me hate mail. I'm merely saying... They've always generally have policies that, you know, you need to have your items checked, brand, uh, banded and all sure. that. It's like and then that way you can go through if there's a metal detector and everybody else and stuff. And it's not some huge uh, like, God, it just becomes so endless. I'm like, please, I'm not trying to make cosplay yeah. segregation. I promise. I just right. yeah, yeah, yeah. feel like that's just no, it, it totally such makes an sense issue. because that's like, why should everyone else have to wait? Especially when it's 110 outside. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I feel you know what? Respect because you're suffering in a costume. Mm-hmm. I remember our friend Erica years ago was in the Max, 
outfit. Yeah. Oh, and she yeah. was like literally dying of, of heat exhaustion. So respect to her. Respect to her and her love of the Max. Max, that's true. Definitely. Too. Um, but so I was there at Comic Con that year and, uh, or I'm oh, sorry, Comic Fest? Is that what it's called? I forget already. That's what they're calling Phoenix it now. Comic yeah, Fest Phoenix now. Comic Fest. So at the time it was Phoenix Comic Con and, um, they had like the whole little area set. I don't know how they do it now, but they had like areas set up where they had like a table. And then, like, the actors standing at the table, you know, and, like, people lined up to get their autograph, photo op, whatever. And they had the kid who plays Carl on The Walking Dead. Oh, and yeah. He was here a lot. I think the kid who played Carl on The Walking Dead originally from Arizona. Oh, really? That's Chandler interesting. Riggs. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but it, this was, like, when he was pretty young. I think it was, like, mm-hmm. season two or something like that. And, um, like, no one, like, no one was going up for interviews or, 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 or photo ops. Yeah. Like, and it just, like, felt really bad, you know? Well, and I'm remember, sure you guys see that all the time. I remember oh, yeah. when he literally has folks selling um Carl Sheriff hats oh, signed by him, and he personalized them. They were, like, 40 bucks or right, something. Right, right. And I'm like, now he's dead on the show. I'm yeah. like, man, I should have got one of those for, like, I mean, now I'll be able to probably get cheap, but yeah. man, those yeah, were just the days. wait ten years, you'll yeah. be able to get that for five. Well, yeah. I remember yeah, exactly. what was the first uh, was it, it was the first Rapture Fest here mm-hmm. where um, they brought the little girl who was like the little girl zombie from, from the, the season first one episode of Walking Dead opening, yeah. And uh-huh. you know, I always love it. The only the best Walking Dead one of all time that I ever saw was the uh, the baby Judith signing pictures or doing photo ops, and I'm like. What was she doing? Putting her hand. I think it was. I'm going. I. I. You know. I. I'd rather have the family dog sign a fucking picture than this baby. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Wow. Like you gotta be. But that was like the. Was it the Walker Stalker Con? That that was like (laughs) to me the apex of it. I'm like you. I. I like Walking Dead, both the comic and the show. But I'm like that. Like the jump the shark moment to me was probably that. Like. That's do you it. do you still watch Walking Dead? I, I haven't kept up in like the last yeah. season. Now that Netflix added, I buy the box sets. So what happens is I love the box sets of the seasons because I just think the packaging is really cool. And I used to always get them for my brother for my birthday, which was um you would it would the thing is Amazon puts them up every time for like 150, 160 bucks. Then in six months, nine months, it's back down to eighty bucks, seventy. I remember the season three or four. It's the one with like the tree zombie. It's a very cool bust. What? There's a tree and it was, zombie? Yeah, I don't and remember it, that. And it was down to like fifty fifty dollars maybe. Mm-hmm. It was originally a hundred and fifty. But um yeah, so there that's like the only thing I mean, I'm just more of a fan of the comic. It's one of the two or three besides um I would say Invincible and Why the Last Man that got me back into comics about right. ten years ago. Hack and Slash. There's a couple other ones. But um, I just, you know... Hack and Slash was a very clever idea that yeah. I'm shocked didn't get turned into an IP or a movie at some point. Well, they the rights have gone back and forth yeah. numerous times. But yeah, it's... um, And I am still... I love Tim Seeley, but I'm super pissed that he was at uh, one of the Phoenix... What was the stupid-ass one they did? Fan Fest. Uh-huh. And I remember he, he had a table next to Jay Photos, and I came up to him. I just got to the con. I had something going on in the morning. It was like one on a Sunday or two, and he's like, oh, he just left. 
I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. I came literally oh, just for I him. I still think the one that bummed me up the most was the first Mad Monster out here, where Piper was one of the guests. Yeah. And he left after like two hours and never came back. Back, yeah. Piper? Rowdy, Ra- 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 right, Piper. Oh, they dang it, the really? Yeah, oh, yeah he, came, he came for like two hours and then he left. Um, There was a couple people who've done that, um, that just literally would show up for like an hour or two and then just leave. It's such a bummer every but time. But it's like, it's funny to me because, like, on the flip side of that, I remember, like, a year later, uh, I was at, like, Day of the Dead in LA, and that was, like, a They Live reunion. It was Roddy Piper, um, Keith David, and um, Meg, Meg Foster. Foster. Nice. And um, I guess Keith David had, like, an audition come up. He was supposed to be there all three days, and Piper's only supposed to be there one day. And Piper was, like, uh, like you, you know, because they canceled the release, like, that's not cool. So he ended up coming back both days, Saturday and Sunday, even though he wasn't paid to be there. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. that's really cool. That's I remember awesome. I talked to him that. That was the one time I talked to him and told him, like, what we were doing with Cult. And, like, I remember it's like, uh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I do movies in Arizona and back in Phoenix. And Piper's like, well, Phoenix, that's a long way away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man awesome yeah. uh but yeah so it, it just in terms of other things i i i just quick i watched inferno the newest dan brown like Ron oh, with tom hanks nonsense yeah like that's it's that's not a good movie like uh-huh. it's not a good movie i don't know why i thought it might be a good movie um it's I, just not I never good. even saw that's the third one right yeah angels and demons. demons i never even saw it. i also just saw that good. da vinci code and that's the thing man like and i just don't i mean that's another thing that gives me no faith in um in ron howard's ability to do solo uh star wars story you know i I'm really just, i think I think that's going to be the lowest grossing Disney thing this year. Probably, I think it is. Well, especially if you look at the um, the the lack of goodwill that Star Wars has right now, uh-huh. um, you know, and the the all of the the production problems that that film had, and then you know, obviously changing directors, um, and then the really really lukewarm response to Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I'll go see it because I'm contractually obligated to go see this movie. I'm going to mm-hmm. see it, but like, I think that most people are just kind of over it you know yeah. um you i know. like that i want to use that more like almost <laughs> like a velvet rope like i'm right. contractually on let me cut the cut the ribbon here and yeah then, thanks for coming out everybody exactly really appreciate uh, it i'll be there i'll be there opening night thursday night at imax i got here safe on big o tires and you can too <laughs> thanks for coming out but it really bums me out like i i you know like I don't know, man. Um, the the whole solo thing because like I'm a huge fan of Lord and Miller. Like I mean, although yeah, I think Twenty Two Jump Street it leaves a lot to be desired. I'm I'm a really big fan of their work, and I think they're fresh new voices. And um, you know, I gave the analogy once of you know having them being replaced by Ron Howard is like going to a restaurant and ordering sriracha, and they say we're out, but here's some mayonnaise. You know, like it's just it's just really just just upsetting to me. And again, watching Inferno didn't give me any more hope that Ron Howard has it. And I've said it before, if like this was the Ron Howard that did Willow, if this is Ron Howard that did Backdraft, like I'd be excited. But I mean, I went back through his filmography in his last, uh, you know, 20 years like he's done. I was actually just just about to do his filmography. Yeah, I'm like Rush is the only thing worth anything. I can't even remember. Um, the last Ron Howard film that I enjoyed. 
Yeah. Wow. Rush. Rush is great. Like, and but that's that's the that's the exception to the rule. I mean, even the things that he's done have, that have been good have been things like A Beautiful Mind, and you know, Rush like, is that the one know? with um, Baron Zemo versus Thor? Yes. Yeah, I like that. Movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Totally, it's ve- it's a very strong film, um, and very well directed, super exciting. But that is his one exception. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, at best, he's done like mediocre Oscar Beatty kind of films. What's yeah. weird here, it's like Man. to go through and post the 70s it's like it starts 82 with Night Shift, right. Splash Cocoon, Gung Ho Willow, Parenthood Backdraft, Far and Away uh, The Paper Apollo 13, Ransom which I did sure, like. Absolutely. All Ron Howard yeah, yeah. yeah. Ed, Ed TV which is That's when the, the the decline started the, to happen. The dark Doctor Seuss, How yeah. the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, that was that. That was basically the end. A Beautiful Mind, which is probably his last. Um, but even major that is, success. I still think is not. Although a great I film. I think Cinderella Man did well. Then it was the Da Vinci Code, Frost Nixon, is a highly mediocre. Yeah, yeah, but not the absolute worst. No, Angels no, and Demons, yeah. The Dilemma, and Rush, Made in America, Into the Heart of the Sea. Uh, Beatles, Eight Days a Week. I missed that one. I don't even know what that Inferno is. Inferno was 2016. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're at 2018. So wow, why yeah. does Inferno feel like it was years and years ago? Yeah. Yeah, like, Inferno was uh, yeah, 2016. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so again, my point is like Rush is the only movie he's done in the last 20 years at all that is at all interesting. Um, and he's just lost that magic. So yeah, I have very little interest in Solo on that basis. And it sucks because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Alden Ehrenreich fan. Um, like I want to like this movie. And if this movie was, uh, was, was back to Lord Miller, I'd have been fully on board. You know, I mean, people describe it as being a full on comedy. Well, you know, I just rewatched, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. That's a full-on comedy, and it worked. And, I mean, it's okay if you bend genres, and it's like if they were too afraid of making Solo um, something that it, it kind of breaks the Star Wars mold too much, but then they ended up just making something that's milk toast. it's like I just don't think that that's necessarily well, the right way to yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you know when J.J. Abrams goes back for whatever untitled next Star Wars movie is, he's just going to undo everything that – uh What's his face? Sure, yeah, uh, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, or did. or or as the internet kids like to call him, Ruin Johnson. Well, let's be honest. Well, we one? all know the in part. The next part is going to tell us that uh, Ray is really like the bastard love child of Princess Leia, <laughs> Han Solo, and Luke Sk- Skywalker <laughs> <laughs> with some Obi Wan magic jizz. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was just going to say the um, what was Favreau was announced today. Was that oh, the new what, one? Oh, what? the TV series. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna do the TV oh, series. Really? Yeah, no, I mean that they they keep. You know what? What I'm trying it's kind of like what you're saying with Disney. Like you know, we've talked about before that they're just they're MCUing it. They're like, yeah. well, hey man, we got Temple Sep till 2035 already, so you got lots to look forward to. Plus our Netflix channel and whatever yeah. else we got going yeah. on. But I mean, other than you know, which you know, I definitely think this was a misstep in terms of removing Edgar Wright from Ant Man. Um, you know, which I definitely disagree with. Obviously, we're all very big fans of Edgar Wright here. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that at least MCU has done something interesting in the fact that they have been 
hiring young, fresh, uh, you know, directors, and they've been letting them do their thing. Uh, again, and you know, with the one exception of of Ant Man, um, they have kind of kept their hand out of it as much as I've seen they have, and they've allowed people to make these. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Thor Ragnarok is a very, very Taika Waititi film. Like it's extremely Taika Waititi, and the fact that they let him get away with that, the fact that they let James Gunn get away with Guardians One, um, even Ryan Coogler with Black Panther, you know, there's a lot of uh, things in there that I don't know, man. They they don't seem to fit the narrative of Disney just kind of uh, uh, sanding down the edges of everything. Um, but I will definitely say that that seems to be the case with Solo. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe that movie would have been think, terrible. I think Star Wars is just one of those things where um, it's not even the adage of you can't please everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you can please anyone anymore. Because no. I truly, and I'm going to be fully honest here, is that I thought, the Force Awakens was the film that was going to break the record uh-huh. and finally knock James Cameron off because to me that is the ultimate bullshit that Titanic and Avatar are number one and number two. Yeah, I still think it's probably one of the greatest insults to cinema it's just, history. It's just one of those things. It's like a happenstance of the moment. Like, oh no doubt. At that moment, Leonardo DiCaprio is the most bankable film star on the planet. And that oh was, yeah, there's lots of uh, reasons you, they, behind it. That movie was out in theaters for almost an entire year, year and it had a with huge no competition and a huge repeat business yeah. margin. I mean, there yeah. were people who were going and seeing it. And six, Avatar seven, ten was like the advent of 3D gimmick yeah. yeah i definitely think that i mean you know and again i think that mo- both of those films uh, you know titanic and avatar are films that i i definitely don't think have aged incredibly well no. um but um I, I i do think that we can't like underestimate jim cameron's weird ability to like understand and harness lightning in a bottle like he has this i mean if he was a one shot person that would be one thing but the fact that he did this with both titanic as well as avatar two vastly different films um you know with vastly different casts and different genres even like i think that like something has to be looked at there like he has he's he gets something about the Mm -hmm. psyche of people yeah exactly he knows how to capture that and he knows how to create a film that people like talk about and say because i'll say this like i saw titanic three times in the theaters i saw avatar five times in the theaters like i was helping to that like no granted i, was I saw gonna say yeah you are definitely i mean but i saw uh, force awakens seven times in the theaters so i mean yeah. I, it's like well, you know there are movies huge, i see more but that's a huge thing that i mean n- not to cakewalk off of it but that's i mean you want to talk about like people are worried about the box office and stuff yeah it's because studios used to be able to depend on repeat business you didn't have as many um you know diversions and options as you do now it's true so they want people they're like wow man we expect people to go see this 10 times and it's like no we'll go see it maybe once or watch it for free on pirate bay or whatever and then bitch about on the internet for 10 15 years but we won't actually go see it again yeah well and people will in fact they they will um they will wear that as a as a badge of honor they'll say oh i'm not going to pay for that movie yeah or i only saw it once yeah Yeah, and i only saw it once and man let me tell you if i could get this hours of my life back and it's like you know i said that with a lot of adam sandler films and i have taken a solemn vow that it's over (laughs) and it's never gonna happen again right because yeah i mean he definitely it's done for me yeah it's done zos yeah i want him to release i want adam sandler to come out with uh 
you know, his, his, his like mom and dad, you know, or like, I hear that, that new movie, um, that he's played at Sundance, uh, that new Nick Cage movie, like how, what's it called? Uh, uh anyway, Mandy or Mandy. That's it. Yeah. Like Mandy that. that I hear is, is really bonkers and, and pretty awesome, you know, but I want Adam Sandler to do that again. Like I, or I, you know, cause I would say even a movie like punch drunk love might fit in that category. Um, of True. just like, you know, it's like, Hey, this is somebody you don't expect him to come out with this type of film. And, and it's actually really, but then there's good. a part of me that just kind of wants him. Well, to, isn't that to, what um, his movie this year, that Netflix movie is the Burkowski Diaries or oh, right. mm-hmm. was I don't remember the actual name but that was the serious movie he was in this year yeah well I always think Berkowitz of... Diaries something oh, yeah, yeah, like that yeah, I don't remember like yeah that. I mean he does his serious and then he'll do his slapstick and his silly I just I just want to um you know I mean I kind of want him to Kevin Smith it and just make Happy Gilmore too and just say fuck it yeah. I mean, I, I secretly do to a party. Right. It's like, you named your company Happy Madison because yeah. you know it. And I would much rather he do stuff like invest in like Grandma's Boy and films like that that I love and actually find genuinely funny than to keep trying to resuscitate his career. Because yeah. if well, Grown Ups 3 comes out, that is the fucking <laughs> apocalypse for me. Yeah, You see an even bigger animal pissing uh-huh. everywhere. You know, yeah, yeah. Grown Ups Three. Um, well, but speaking of which, Rob Schneider, <laughs> Rob Schneider in the Animal Two. <laughs> uh, but I did so. I did while I was sick. Watch a lot of films that I think were mediocre to okay. But there's actually one that totally surprised me that I really, really enjoyed. That I do want to talk about, which is um the Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, with um, Samuel L. and Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah with that uh, with uh, Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. It, or um. Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, Nick Fury and Deadpool. I yes. Mean, to you. Uh, but uh, yeah. Have you guys seen that movie? No, I haven't. I've been seen mean it. to watch it. I meant to grab on Redbox. It looks really fun. I super enjoyed it, guys. Yeah. Like it's, um, you know, to me, what I love about it is it's it's a real throwback to old kind of like 19, really kind of like 80s, even like 90s um, R rated comedy actions. Mm-hmm. And you just honestly don't have a lot of those around anymore. I mean, it's it, it's, you know, because of, you know, we talked about the box office like you talked about Kirby is, you know, it's mm-hmm. just the idea is, is that, you know, you want to try and get as many people in there as, as possible. And I think that this one's certainly probably riding the Deadpool wave, um, especially with Ryan Reynolds being in there. You know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, R-rated comedies can work. Um, but, you know, R-rated action comedies are, you know, one of my favorite genres. And it's something that you genuinely don't see that much of anymore. Um, and I, I really, really liked it. Like, I expected this to be just a stupid movie. Um, you know, it's it's not like it's not like something that's going to make my, you know, uh, would have made a best of the year list or anything like that. But I, I absolutely think it's something worth recommending. It's it's super funny. It's got genuinely awesome some action sequences in it um and it's just a real fun kind of buddy dynamic between samuel l and ryan reynolds um you know now the rest of the cast is really good as well i mean it's got salma hayek in it you know it's um yeah definitely something worth watching for sure um really really liked it yeah and then the other big thing was annihilation you know which i know we briefly touched on last week um kirby still hasn't seen it so i'm not going to talk about any spoilers um but you know i will definitely say um annihilation is easily my number one film of the year so far yeah it's Um, very good yeah and i you know it's the one to beat you know it's it's the movie that when i look at films for the rest of the year and I say, okay, well, I mean, you know, is it Annihilation? <laughs> you know, I mean, I loved it that much. Yeah. And I did see it a second time. 
Um, and I found that I actually enjoyed it even more the second time, you know, especially when you've seen it and you know kind of what's going on in a film a little bit. Um, and the, it really rewards repeat viewings, I found. Yeah. Um, I just absolutely adored the the look of the film. Um, how, and this certainly isn't a spoiler at all for you, Kirby, well, but just how every single shot has the 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 shimmer in it. Well, there's something I want to talk. I don't yeah. know if it's a spoiler or not since you don't know the setup, but um, I've heard people talk and write long articles where they're trying to say that uh, the Natalie Portman character we know at the end is not the same one from the beginning. I disagree with exactly. that. Exactly. I yeah. don't even know where the fuck that comes well, from. Well, no, I can see where it comes from. People and not paying attention. I think, well, look, I would say that um, there are absolutely indications that she is not entirely. No, no. Um, I mean, she's clearly affected yeah, by but, the... But it's not the same as another character. It, that's what I'm saying. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's, you know, I, I say that, that there's no way that you can not be changed by that situation. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, did you notice the tattoo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously things are different, um, but I don't I don't believe it's the same. I think that people are making a... Well, the tattoo is, like, kind of the gimme that she's been affected. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think yeah. it's silly to assume, you know... Right, 100%. But yeah. I think if people are just simplifying it and saying it's the same thing as that other character, that's no. not. That's yeah. not the case at all. Um, you know, I do, in fact, I think that's kind of the whole point, is that the reason that she maintains as much as who she is at the end is, is actually a victory that she won because there's something she understood yeah you know about it and um you know and you know again that's uh it's kind of there's a lot of of talk about um you know in that film of of desires and people kind of get what they want right yeah. and so i think that what she wants she kind of gets as well mm -hmm. and kind of what um you know i kind of think that that's a film where what everybody wants they get um you know it's like once they kind of understand the rules of what's happening there um but yeah so i just uh i will definitely say again just you know two words nightmare bear um you know maybe best seen in a film like in a decade like in well, terms I of i mean i wouldn't go I don't far. know, dude. Like in I terms thought... of in terms of genre film, dude. Like I have not been, and I and I've went with it two different times with two different groups of people, and in both cases, um, the the entire theater. I have never seen a theater as viscerally affected by a scene as this one. Mm. Um, like and and again, like I mean, just in terms of of in terms of a horror scene, yeah. You know, in terms of 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 getting that out of um, you know, that feeling of just just flat out. Have terror. you seen the ruins? Uh, the ruins. It's the one Is... with uh, Jenna Malone, and they're going to this pyramid in Mexico. No, I haven't. Um, you should watch that okay. movie. It's like a sim. There's a similar kind of thing going on there, right? I've heard that actually in a few reviews. Interesting. People, yeah, the ruins was like you know a very popular novel, mm -hmm. and then they did the adaptation, and it did it did good, but not the business or right. you know that they expected, and so it kind of dropped. You, off. I just I didn't even think about that. It is very similar. To, well, you haven't seen it. It is no, no, no. But I, I the where I I'm sure we're going with that. I I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it has to do with a you know a certain sound that's happening in that scene. Yeah, I think is the thing. It's yeah. not just the visuals of what's happening it's that it's the visuals uh, it's, combined this with that is what sound. i'm talking about really the sound Interesting. is 
Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You should see yeah, it. Yeah. So I'll 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 get it at Superstar next time I'm there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I and just again like uh, upon rewatching the film that when you're not just letting the film wash over you and you're kind of picking apart a little bit more just the way that he shot it where it's like you always kind of see some reflection of the uh, the shimmer. Yeah. Um. And it's just like you see it reflected on things. You see it affect the way that the light uh you know lights the entire scene. Mm-hmm. Um. I just felt like it's a beautifully shot film. Um. The music is again just like ex machina done by um ben salisbury and jeff barrow of Portishead, yeah. um and uh like holy shit the music is so good i mean it does it does kind of have this folk music that it does as well mm-hmm. which i you know at first was a little bit jarring to me but i understand that what that's doing as well as it's kind of hearkening back um to a particular character and a particular connection that, that probably does sold to... me more than anything <laughs> if portis had any yeah. variety i think portis says the band have won most to do soundtracks besides me the cardigans oh yeah. dude because like, i would love to have both of them do it yeah side school 100 percent. like i mean i'm a huge portis fan i was lucky enough to see them at coachella in 19 uh, or sorry 2008 um and uh it was is like one of the greatest experiences of my life um and i'm a huge huge portishead fan and yeah to have ben salisbury and, and um and, and jeff barrow do the music for that a tremendous great great stuff a lot more synthy than um than the stuff from ex machina yeah. um so it's really cool to to see them get into that but um yeah so again annihilation um 100 over the moon for i'm very sad to see that it is not doing well um, and I guess I'm not surprised by that. Um, you know, films like that, I would, I would say it's like the, the film that it seems the most, um, kind of close to at first blush would be, um, would be, uh, Arrival. Um, but it's like, you yeah, know, I, I guess a little bit, it's yeah. sort of like, it's sort of also reminded me of like the girl with all the gifts for some reason. Sure. It, it, I can see that. It, I mean, I think that in terms of that kind of level budget, uh, you know, like kind of, you know, th- cerebral, yeah. you know, indie film. Like, I think that's definitely a good comparison. But just in terms of like major releases, I would say Arrival is the yeah. thing you can probably well, most closely attach to. Well, I mean, the other thing too is you got to realize, like, you know, Alex Garland also wrote 28 Days Later. Yeah. And that whole like exploring through that desolate yeah. stuff with the army turning kind of sure. like, has that very much that vibe. I guess it helps that I've seen 28 days later recently. So right. It's a little fresher in my brain. Right. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wish so that this good. film did better, um, but it's, uh, you know, uh, I guess you kind of can't expect a film that's this. I, I mean, I don't think the film's impenetrable, but it's definitely weird. Uh, it's definitely not an easy film to digest. And when you come out of that film, it's it's not you don't really have any easy answers yeah. without having well, seen it. Smoking is kind of like the same way. It's right. one of those movies where you like you're left with this, but like, n- but nothing like Annihilation. No, no, no. Like it's not it's not as cerebral as that. No, I'll just say this without having seen Annihilation. <laughs> Is that I can already tell you it's one of the most mismarketed films oh, probably yeah. ever. They, I've heard the ads on the radio and they're totally hyping up as like Natalie Portman movie. Uh, well, you know, I, I, didn't mean, I didn't even yeah. mean that. I meant that part. Yeah, of exactly. Where it says women are kicking ass, exactly. and I'm yeah. just going, right. it doesn't look like that at all no, from what it, I've seen. So yeah. I'm going. Uh, I think he really might want to wait for Tomb Raider or something else. You right. know what I mean? Like, I do like how, and they even that. kind of mentioned that um, in the film. Um, oh, dude, I'm so envious of that. That's amazing. I love that. Um, 
now another thing I'm gonna have to go get on eBay. Um, so, <laughs> hey man, I I did link you those that there was uh, some potential at Goodwill. Uh, yeah, no, I saw that, man. I saw no, that. I found. Um, but that's such somebody, a needle in a haystack. Yeah, like... somebody found some Alamo glasses, and Josh is like, as you've noticed from the podcast, a uh, devout collector. Yeah, and they uh, some guy found him at a Goodwill. Hey right. man, I found stuff at Goodwill, and I go very infrequently, mm-hmm. completely random. And I found at least three or four items worth five to ten times their value. Yeah. No stadium events or anything, but I've still found some really good stuff. Yeah, so. well, good luck with that stadium events. If you get that, we just like let's retire together to an <laughs> island somewhere. Um, but yeah, so a- anyway, Annihilation, love it. Uh, there's a, there's some other movies, and I think this actually might be a fun episode to do. Is just like things that we're really looking forward to this year. Yeah. Um, Annihilation was definitely one of the biggest ones, though. Yeah, like, hands down. Um, you know, so super love that movie. Um, can't wait to watch it over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, that's me. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll go through Victor. through the ones I saw uh, fairly quickly. Um. I saw Red Sparrow last week. Oh yeah. Um, it is not as good as I thought it would be. It's one of those movies. It's not really that long, but when you're watching it, <laughs> the pacing makes it seem longer than it is. Right. And uh, it's just uh, I I'd heard the book was praised a lot for being like a realistic uh depiction of spy life um this is the movie you want to go see if you want to see uh jennifer lawrence uh kicking ass no uh almost raped several times (laughs) oh no and uh it's this is like the j the jennifer lawrence uh atomic blonde thing yeah that's what i was gonna ask is is like it compared to atomic blonde it's like i think atomic blonde is a better movie okay Um, there's a scene early on where you know she's a ballet dancer right and early on like um you know she get there a competitive ballerina like uh puts her in a position where her leg is snapped in half right and the cgi for that is even stupid looking um it, 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 from there on her uncle uh kind of recruits her to be like a you know uh la femme nikita right. uh, single white female situation or not single um point of no return okay yeah it's a lot like point of sure. no return actually where she kind of wants to get out of it and then right. there's like a big she orchestrates her exit and uh, i mean i'm not really spoiling it you know this shit's gonna happen yeah, just by virtue of this kind me, of movie it's like I, i'm not even that excited to see yeah it. And um I'm, but the thing that got me excited was francis lawrence you know i i i'm an yeah, unabashed they, fan of constantine yeah i, even I really, really like constantine yeah, i like the i even like Hunger a lot Game of movies. uh yeah and i like a lot of i am legend even yeah, you know like, i don't like i am legend but this is I one like of those the first movies half where of I, I, legend. I feel like joel edgerton is badly miscast yeah acting up opposite of jennifer lawrence like a lot of the movie sort of depends on you believing that's thing and it's just not right. and mary louise parker has a super weird role in this movie it's really? like a turncoat like selling state secrets that like literally will put you right back into why you hate weeds right she's, she's totally playing say, the chick from weeds just like in the later yeah. well, seasons. I, I need money <laughs> so you know i'm like totally selling these to you but uh i better get paid that's literally the exchange and how I, she delivers it. i don't think i ever have hated a character more 
then yeah. I hate Mary Louise part in the last few seasons. Yeah, that, that. and that's totally what she's channeling in this. And then you start talking about the, uh, like, Jennifer Lawrence, and I spit on your stroganoff, and now I'm really not interested. <laughs> and, then, and her doing the world's worst Russian accent ever. It's like, like Boris and Natasha bad. Uh, I was like, hello, I am Dominica. How I are you? I am translator for, for Soviet government. He's nice. That's pretty terrible. That's pretty Borat. I'm, I'm so sorry strong. to hear that. Yeah, yeah. very Borat. Um, I spit <laughs> on, I spit on your I, stroganoff, though, Kirby. <laughs> I just have to. I, I, I'm just saying. I can't let that one just yeah, go that's by. What, what it sounds like it really. really I mean, really it's funny. a good like that's a good wait for video. <laughs> yeah, but like totally like get get sick, rent that movie. Yeah, it's yeah. The, you can see. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence stripped down to nothing, and then. Uh, but can, really, she strips down to nothing, and this dude, like, because like, but the, do they she's actually, in spy they school, right? Yeah, she's in spy school. Wow. This dude tries to rape her. Then the next scene, her teacher's like, "You would give him what he wants." So then she takes off all her clothes, and then he's like taking out his belt, like, "Come on, get it up. Is it too easy for you now?" And then he keeps trying to rape her in front of the class, Jesus. and then finally he can't get it up. So he's like, "Bitch." Wow. Was this made by the Japanese? Yeah, <laughs> like sounds, I'm really trying to gross. figure out what's yeah, going on. Yeah, it's a like weird it. movie, dude. Um, Let yeah. me see that Annihilation bottle. There's one on eBay for 25, and I'm gonna maybe pull the trigger, but I want to ex- inspect the goods a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but um, okay, I also saw A Wrinkle in Time, which I'm gonna say, like, if you, like, I don't know the our dem- exact demographic, but if um, you know, if you're uh, around our age. And you probably enjoyed Labyrinth or the Neverending Story as a child, and you have a kid that would like that. You should probably take them to see this movie because I feel like this is like a Labyrinth or Neverending Story kind of a thing. It's like it's made for like kids. Like it's it feels like very like a movie for smart children, right? And like the outcast part of it, like oh, this kid's nerdy because they're into science and they're made to feel ostracized about it, like. I think it's cool. I also do think, like, um, the special effects in this movie are a bit much. Like, you never once really... Like, when they go to this uh, this other plant or realm called um, Kamazots, uh-huh. which is where the It lives, and I can't wait for the reviews coming out this weekend to be like, uh, the bad guy in this movie is an extraterrestrial entity called It that feeds on people's fears. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, it's but, based on a book but, from the yeah, 60s. I was just sure. say, so yeah. it's just, it's very interesting. I like, read A Wrinkle in Time when I was a kid. I can't, it, it's not one, I remember, I, I honestly think when you said it was for like smart kids, I read a lot. I was an avid, you know, reader. I enjoyed this. I think I read it when I was like in third or fourth grade. And I think a lot of it went over my head. It was probably... And I was reading a lot of, like William Sleater novels not at this time. Ever reading? Oh, this I did. Book. Because if go ahead and Google the original like seventies, eighties pressings of it, of the um, the image on the front was so bizarre. But it was in you know I read all the young adult books. I was huge into William Sleater, yeah. Brian Jocks. I mean, my favorite novelist as a kid was S. E. Hinton. The Outsiders is probably still my favorite book as a kid, besides me, Redwall. But um. I liked uh, I when you were talking about Redwall, dude. When, yeah, when you were talking about um, uh, like taking your kids to see it, it's like it's sad. Like one of my other favorite books when I was young was Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, I remember reading and that. And they they totally that movie. It was good, but it was just like so another like well, poorly like, marketed movie. I used to movie. read like uh, stuff like uh, Ramona the Brave, and they made that in a Selena Gomez movie yeah. called Ramona and oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Seriously. 
Yeah. I won't watch it based on the Selena Gomez factor. But And then it'll be Ramona and Yeezus soon. Ye- we'll Yeezus. see what happens. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I will say, uh, you know, uh, Wrinkle in Time is much better than I thought it would be. I do think there's some stuff in there that, like, uh, you know, Oprah, I'm not. Well, I, Oprah's actually very good in this, but if here's what you if you're our age and our demographic, Oprah's essentially playing Doctor Manhattan, Whoa. and it's very hard to get past that. She's playing basically this like extraterrestrial god figure mm-hmm. that's yeah. super sized. There's a scene in this movie that's exactly like the scene in Watchmen where Doctor Manhattan tells Laurie that she's a miracle. Like that whole wow. scene, there's a scene exa- almost exactly word for word for that. And I was just like, man, this comparison is way too on the nose here. Yeah, I'm going to show it to the guys here. But uh, if you're interested in the cover of Wrinkle in Time, it's the Laurel Leaf Fantasy Edition. Tell me that's not metal as fuck. Like, oh, I have seen that book before. Yeah. So I saw that when I was a kid. Oh, and yeah, I was that's, just, that's the famous one. I was yeah. so blown away by the cover art that I was like, I have to oh, read this dude. book. So it's just one of those, you know... Images. There's an entire uh, Tumblr because it's nineteen it's nineteen uh, seventy sci fi art. Yeah, yeah. That's fan. But it's very like the movie's very well shot. Chris Pine is good in it. There's like some really interesting weird scenes mm-hmm. in there that like you know are still like whoa that's kind of freaky for uh, for adult viewers you know. And there's like like a precocious kid in this who plays Charles Wallace who's like spot on great actor and even the main girl in it I. I think her name is Storm Baird. She's really good. Awesome. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, again, like, the casting of the three, like, Mrs. Who, Mrs. Witchman is very odd, but it works. It's um, Mindy Kaling, Reese yeah. Witherspoon, and Oprah. Mm-hmm. It, it works. I mean, it's it's yeah, a little new agey. I will and say. And Zach Galifianakis yeah. is also one of these weird yeah. extraterrestrial entities. But, man, it's like. It's new agey, but you know it's not bad. That's if the it, one thing on uh, in the trailers that honestly just kind of rubbed me the wrong way is like those three actresses like standing around looking like I don't know, like you can do it, kid. Like I just thought they look like a fucking PM Don video. Yeah, is what like, it looks like. The, yeah, to they, me. it's like, weird. Yeah. Just the casting of it, mate. Like when they right. had a graphic beforehand, like we couldn't bring our phones in. Just the three of them standing. I was like, "Man, this looks like a made-for-ABC movie." The graphic, right. once upon but a time, the, yeah, but yeah, and it's even the same font. But I'm like, you know what? It's like I watched the movie. It's it's good. Yeah. So there we go. Um, trying to think about anything. I, I was trying to watch. I'm bringing it all back, people. <laughs> I was trying I was li- to I was watch Jessica the, uh... Jones season two, and it's it's too. Uh, it, it's just a little. I can't get into it. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. not grabbing you, huh? No. Think when we talk about the KLF, which is what I was just going to talk what? about, since we're talking about PM Don. Oh, Do you not back. remember the KLF? I have no idea what that 3 is. 3 a.m. Eternal? No. Nope. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a classic. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I never watched Jessica Jones season one, so you'll have to divvy and dish. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I will say this um, in terms of the, the Marvel shows. Um, I, you know, I... Jessica Jones is the one I'd probably like the most um, other than the first season of Daredevil. Um, but, you know, I definitely, I I don't know, like, I'm kind of so off of those. <laughs> KLF. We're going to get some KLF. Where's some some KLF, KLF, man? I saw this in 91 <laughs> Dude. on MTV, and it just blew me away. If you want... 
KLF. You don't know that one? I swear to God, K- I don't. The coolest video oh, man, has like some future this. chick, and she's like KLF. They had kind of like the, well, they the the, the backstory is pan. Talk about I'm giving people awesome documentary ideas. Somebody yeah. should do a documentary on the KLF. Read their backstory. Just the Wikipedia page is enough. One of the most insane histories of any band I've ever heard in my life. The Brits did crazy right. Um, and then if you really watch out, one of the most famous grindcore bands in the world, um, Extreme Noise Tear, did the 3M Eternal live on one of like the British award shows with the KLF. And it is like a, like the definition of spectacle. That's I mean, amazing. I just cannot even begin to imagine what people were, saw this. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to deride from no, Jessica I, I, Jones. Dude, I just this no, was, that, this that's was the extent of my. The, yeah. I was listening to, in 1991. I was listening to a lot of PM Don KLF. Yeah, what was that? Summer of Jesus Jones. Uh, there, there was <laughs> right a, here, there, right now. There was a yeah, lot of good stuff there, but um, yeah, the Spin Doctors. Spin Doctors. That was a little early no, that was ni- that was 92. Yeah. Right, yeah. Although yeah, I did right. have two princes stuck in my head earlier, yeah. and I, I, I'm, I was all about so, somewhat I was ashamed of all about that. Pearl Jam ten there in ninety one, dude. Yeah, like, nothing so but Pearl about, Jam ten for me. Speaking of throwbacks, why don't you tell us about Strangers Pray at Night? Yeah, or, well, the, 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 was it? It's been ten years since the Strangers. That's a long. Really? Yeah, yeah. Strangers wow. came out like two thousand eight. I, I just got the tenth anniversary Blu-ray from Shout Factory too. Um. Yeah, I'm still not 100% sure, and neither was anybody when I spoke with them, either in the audience or promotions, if this was supposed to be a remake, a reimagining, a sequel. Ah. No one seems to have any true idea. Uh, I'll have a review post in a couple days, and probably after this podcast debuts, uh, you'll be able to check it out. But um, I love the original Strangers. I thought it was uh, like a you know, non-gory uh you know throwback to like a tense i mean home invasion is probably one of the only things i fear in life yep. i think it's probably like one of the most natural human fears yeah um so i think it, you know they did a great job with it um i mean probably the only scott speedman performance you can say is is good i mean i, I don't know maybe underworld evolution no 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 he's not well that so the interesting part is as far as i can tell it's i mean i, I forgive me but I'm pretty sure everybody is. I mean, the whole the the family that's it's a family in this one that's terrorized. So a mother, a uh, father. It's Christina Hendricks is the mother. Oh wow, yeah. Um, and um, and then you have uh the so two kids. Firing minds. Do you see some Christina Hendricks boobs? And uh, no, I was gonna say. Well, how can you not? They kind of went for like a um christina ricci uh in that darn cat kind of tip flattening <laughs> uh, because man they are not it is not as voluptuous as she is oh. um so it, it it is uh very interesting but um you know what i was trying to say is the strangers themselves are i think it's a different uh group um is it they're the same it's masks. the same same mass but different people not only different actors but i think it's supposed to be a different um I don't know what you want to call that, like uh, ensemble, like they're di- they're like a different theater community theater group on <laughs> Mad. I I don't know what to tell you, right. man. It's um, but I, I mean, I went and saw it as a packed house at Mills uh, for the preview screening, and a lot of people, um, you know, definitely had the kind of classic like um, jump scares fading in and out of the shouts. I mean, without going, but this film is 
full on gore and blood. And oh, like, really? It is way different than the original. You're saying the first one is not because no, I still because no. again I'm a little I'm a little weenie. There was and a I little torture porn if I remember. I, I don't think until the very end I would say it had any kind of like a relation to like a hostel or okay. saw or anything. It was more like old school, like a wait until dark to okay. me. That's the way I felt about it. It was just, um, you know, there's a, a French film called Is, uh, uh, Them that uh, was Dark Sky put out probably about 10 years ago. Uh, it's from 2006, I believe. Um, and sorry, my French is rusty if I mispronounce that uh, for my Francophone friends. Um, I, uh, <laughs> but Francophone I, friends. I, but I really, I do have a lot of friends in Montreal. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sure they'll let you know. Yeah. It's um one of those things where, um, it it's definitely a lot gorier than I expected, um, but fun. I would say if any film, it has a ton of weird um, uh, homages to like not weird, but just kind of like wow, dude, you guys are not trying to keep this like sublime. Was uh um to Texas Chainsaw, uh the town is called Gatlin, like Chiller of the Corn, mm-hmm. and my late uh two thousands uh metalcore band was also named that. Uh, nice. if anybody remembers us. Good old Gatlin AD, um, but we had, um, but no, I mean, I I really look back on it and the, um, you know, it, it, there's probably a few I missed. I wasn't paying a huge amount of attention or just wasn't as as close. But uh, it goes without going too much into because uh, I really don't want to go a huge amount. But it's basically like a, um, they go to a campground uh, that the family has an aunt and uncle there, and it's you know post Labor Day, so. It's it's abandoned basically there's getting a cabin for free on a, a drive to the to, uh, their next destination and um so you know it plays well as you know they're completely alone just like the film with the it, with the original film it's scott speedman and Liv tyler in a cabin after a wedding party completely um in a desolate area right. there's no one around there's no cell phones no uh everything's broken so it works but um the film it most reminded me of was both the original and even more so the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. It actually has way more of a vibe like that than it does any other film. I personally enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. It's more of a fun film. It's more like audience, like, yeah, kind of like screaming and yelling. Way more than any kind of, definitely not like a torture porn thing. Definitely not. Um, I just want to say I, I that this film, though, has definitely is increased and i'm seeing this more and more since uh uh the guest it follows a lot of these movies the remake of maniac you have to have like the heavy synth score and then you've got to have like the 70s and 80s um like songs yeah like kind of forgotten songs which i do enjoy but it's just funny how that's starting to become like the trope like this film has a lot of that going on and it is modern um, day by the way i'm sold yeah so um I mean, that definitely seems very the guest. Um, you know, I mean, it follows doesn't have any old songs. I don't even know how that happened. Oh, no, I just meant the heavy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but the guest, fell. you know, with like with like it's uh, it's like goth industrial soundtrack. Yeah, just and everything. that heavy yeah. synth, like yeah. pulsating. But then it has also not quite like Bad Batch, like with the Ace of Bass, uh-huh. but it definitely has that um, You're Next, uh, the song at the beginning. Sure. That old 70s song. Sure. I, I'm so sorry. I cannot remember. Uh, it's I'm it's, uh, it's uh, um, looking for the magic. Yes, looking oh, for the magic. Right, right, I was right. like, there's some, I wanted to almost say Dreamweaver for two yeah. seconds, <laughs> but no, not Wayne's World. Um, but it, it's it's fun. If you like these kind of movies, if you like the original, 
don't expect it to be like the original. It's probably its greatest success is that it is not a direct copy. Right. It may be too different. Um, but, uh, you know, that's it. Um, the only other I just want to list two real quick um, is is that a total popcorn movie. We've talked about a few of those. Is I had a free night, so we went and saw Game Night. Uh, I which heard I've this heard is, is really, really good. funny. Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, Jesse Plemons, also known as Meth uh-huh. Damon, totally <laughs> steals the show awesome. in this movie. He is absolutely hilarious. But yeah, if you're looking for just like a fun movie, very funny, um, enjoyable, this is definitely like a worth a five dollar matinee at least. I I had fun. I mean, I I wouldn't remember it as soon as I left, but it it, it um wasn't was it's kind of like i saw De- we talked about den of thieves i think the last time wasn't expecting it to be any good just gave it a chance and had fun yeah um and then the only other one i want to say was is that um you know we're already almost 90 days into the new year i mean it's a bit off but we'll be there sooner than later is is that i so far have my number one movie of the year oh which is the ritual all right oh. on netflix uh exclusive um i I just completely blown away. I'm I honestly cannot believe A twenty four did not bid for this movie. Like it blows just completely boggles my mind that they um didn't win on this one because man, this is custom fit to so be. So you're killing me, man. So yeah. like I after you know, we talked about it on the last episode and I followed through with it. I did cancel my Netflix. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I did because I'm like, you know, I've got film struck Stop. right now. Like, which, I'm, by I'm, the way, yeah. you, you're enticing me to get that. Uh, too. Well, yeah, I'm just like, I'm gonna do film struck for a couple of months, then get bent, but Netflix. But it's funny because Jasper talked about. He specifically said, "I the reason I don't get it for Netflix is because I'm always afraid there's gonna be something on there I want." And I'm like, "Well, I'll be good. You know, there's not gonna be anything for a while." And here you are. Yeah. You know. I just, I mean, I really went into this movie. Um, it's funny that's called the Ritual. I not many have ever seen this movie. But there's a great Canadian um, wilderness movie called Rituals Mm -hmm. that was, um, I think, along with Just Before Dawn, Deliverance. uh, There's a few other ones that were those kind of like epic um, uh, Alone in the Woods films. And this film actually does remind me a lot of Rituals. I don't know if that's a nod to it, but that's an incredible film with Hal Holbrook. Uh, Code Red put it out years ago. I don't know if anybody else has the license. Yeah. I, I'll watch. Uh, I'll, I'll have. I'll happily let you borrow it. But it is an absolutely um, immense film. So awesome. intense. Um, but so remind me of that. But um, I, it's one of those films like a lot of people online. So I, I'd avoid reviews. Are giving away way too much. But well, that's the way of the world with reviews. Yeah, it's yeah. Like it is. Why I've like tried to avoid reading anything about that movie, Veronica. And so I same with it. me. I was like, I just started watching it last night, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish it. But um, I've for many people I've talked to, they said that's their number one movie of the year already. So Veronica, what's that on? Uh, Spanish. It's a. It's like from the people who did Wreck. Wreck. It's like a record. possession Got movie. It. Yeah, but um, like a Ouija board. What, what's it on? It's on, on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Again, tying into our whole topic from last time. time. Oh, yeah. And by the way, like because I'd realized it's been two weeks, like yeah. I really do want to touch on mute. I, I do after you're done talking. Yeah, about you, that can wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but I'll day. just leave it as that. Um, you go in thinking it's going to be a rituals deliverance, uh, and then maybe you're even starting to think again. It might be like a hills have eyes, wrong turn kind of movie, and uh, it takes a turn completely into like. These are the two best analogies. The best parts of the original Blair Witch 
and the very best parts of the Wicker Man original, right. of course. And where it goes, it just fucking. There's an, another movie a lot of people missed. I saw it at one of the Lovecraft Film Fests that I'd also say it's analogous to is uh, Black Mountainside. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed that one too. Um, check it out if you like the ritual. But I, I mean, I just I don't think anything's gonna top it this year so awesome, far. I'm gonna dude. have to see a lot more movies. Yeah. But, um, that's uh, I, I a couple years back, 2016. My top one was The Witch. Yeah. It also even made earlier me feel, in the uh, year. Too, yeah, early yeah. in the year, it's surprising. Yeah. But it was funny. I I thought about that too because like I was thinking back on um you know a lot of my movies that end up to be my favorite of the year are earlier in the year sure. films um you know i think about it follows um mm-hmm. uh, green room yeah green uh, room was yeah. number two for yeah, me absolutely. but um i just want to say to lead josh in here to mute was his group text i think was fuck this yeah um uh, was his yeah. actual did you ever watch, did you ever response? watch this absolute piece of shit no i did not oh okay well i mean there's i mean i'm i'm glad honestly i saw the trailer and i real it just didn't draw like i'm in. super glad that you guys did not waste your time on this um i i I am so like absolutely like angry about the existence of mute because to me it's not even just a matter of um i didn't like it and whatever like i'm i'm seriously annoyed because um you know i talked about you heard i was like, super excited for mute this yeah. whole reason i was keeping my netflix was to watch this movie um you know this is obviously my genre you know a uh, future noir there's flying cars there's uh there you know there's neon there's all this stuff and um i thought mute was an absolute travesty and and it's such to the point that anyone who's saying like, oh, I thought it was OK. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, I really. <laughs> and, and, I, and I quote, a mute was monumentally <laughs> terrible. I'm going to write a piece on the site for it. It's going to be called What a Waste of Neon and Flying Cars. And then I realized I'm not, even, I'm not even going to give it the attention to write a piece on the site about how much I hate it. Like, that's kind of how I felt yeah. about it, because it was like, I mean, you know, I think, look, it's it's um it's. It doesn't make any sense. It's got some really, really, really bad acting. Like the film's set in Berlin. And, um, you know, basically, it, I understand a film being set in Berlin, but he casts all these um, German actors who obviously English is a second language to them, but they. Oh, boy. Um, they are really, really terrible. It's a Sukiyaki Western Django. Story. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Cause Have you ever seen that? I movie? haven't. It's uh, a, a Takashi Miike uh, Spaghetti Western from right? 2007 where he cast all Japanese actors who don't speak English. Yeah. So they deliver all their lines in English phonetically. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's pretty So it's amazing. like literally you're getting it's like what are yeah. you doing here cowboy right right yeah that's God, victor is it's on not, bio it's, with it's, the accent i would say it's it. not that bad um you know luckily it's not that terrible but the acting is like you know it feels like you know movies like repo the genetic opera yeah you know it feels like acting on that level like this is, is just Paris like Hilton in it? yeah 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 okay. no no um but you know the, the, that movie the, has quite a following i remember yeah. when we yeah. did it well they it tried to make it like the next hour. they tried to make it the next rocky <laughs> I still yeah. enjoy the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it's just uh and and beyond the fact that it's just um you know again like the story doesn't make much sense. Um a lot of times you're just sitting there like what what does this even mean? I'm going to say this, 
the reason one of the other reasons I'm so upset by it is because there's so much that works about it. Um, the uh, production design is top notch. I mean, the sets are beautiful. The costumes are gorgeous. It's got an incredible score by Clint Mansell. The cinematography is absolutely out of this world. Like if you didn't hear anybody talk in this movie and this movie was just a silent film of full of images, I feel that it would have been absolutely amazing. Maybe one of my favorite movies ever. And I almost wish that a film called mute had the balls to do that you know that this film it it was called mute and there's no dialogue in the entire film and it's just the series of images and i think that this maybe would have been one of my favorite movies ever but it's got a really ham-fisted connection to moon which in my opinion like i I actually had to go back and rewatch moon because i hated mute so much that i had to be like is moon really bad like am i just wrong you know and i'm like no, no, no. moon is good because yeah. it's just sam rockwell right for two hours right 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 which big ups to him finally getting an oscar yeah um i still i still wanted willem defoe to win it but i'm glad that sam rockwell finally got one he, he <laughs> I tell, like every time they showed willem defoe at the oscars he looked like more and more like a feral like, <laughs> you know nor like a uh, feral like finnish demon <laughs> i think that that's that's just willem defoe i yeah. think he alternates between well, levels i mean of let's just like, be honest he should have won for shadow the vampire like oh yeah i yeah. mean if you ever like you want to talk about like un like unrated well, roles just that to was like it. wrap up my just a yeah. little thing on the oscars uh ba- uh what's his um barry deacon uh uh, uh, uh are you talking Wait, are are we talking about Barry Jenkins? Uh no 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 no. Oh, uh, Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Roger Deakins winning the Oscar and you could totally tell he was not expecting to win yeah. and giving the most fuck you speech ever. Nominated I want it 14 times. Yeah, so, I don't know if you did you see his speech? I think I was too excited about the fact his that he speech, won. His speech, he goes up there, he's like scratching his it's like, "Oh, wow. Like I want to thank my wife <laughs> whatever he right. says that i want to thank my wife you know whatever right that's it, amazing it, it's you could tell like yeah like okay well, i yeah. won like that's i mean awesome. uh, kirby you missed it because i uh, you know i know you're not on facebook but like i you know i posted it said you know uh he is the greatest living cinematographer yeah. 14 nominations his first win yeah, like, yeah, i yeah. mean absolutely hands down and i also you know commented i said i just in my mind gary oldman won that oscar for uh brahm circus dracula oh <laughs> yeah that was totally like that scenario because i've yeah. seen darkest hour that that same day because right. i was trying to catch up on all of them like this is not a great yeah, it's movie. a career achievement award yeah just like sam rockwell's i mean sam rockwell's quite good in three billboards i will definitely say he is quite good in that but he wasn't even nominated for moon and he's yeah. like the only actor in moon you know so it's just it's just insane to me um, yeah the one that i really was jordan peele winning um uh for screenplay because yeah. they show him walking off stage and you could totally tell he wasn't expecting to yeah. win that award yeah, yeah. like he's like but like, and you could tell it's running into his mind. Is like, mm-hmm. well, I won this. That yeah. means I'm not winning anything, anything else. else. Yep, yeah. that's it. Well, that's I, true. I that's posted it about it, and all I gotta say is, uh, yeah, 25 years too fucking late. Uh, but thank God, Guillermo del Toro finally won yeah. because yeah. no one ever probably in Oscar history has deserved to win more than that. I and I mean say, that with yeah. every fiber of my being. I think that, everybody wanted him to win, and it's just one of those things too, where like. I really hope they never have Jimmy Kimmel host the Oscars again. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was like. Apparently the show ran over an hour and yet they still still spent like over 20 minutes on that 
theater Dude, bit. They that, literally like, went never nowhere. go over an hour, or they never not go over an hour. This was actually one of the shortest Oscars. It usually goes until ten o'clock at night. This yeah. one ended at nine thirty. Yeah, but what happened was like there's this bit where Jimmy Kimmel like was doing a sneak preview screening of Wrinkle in Time, right? Uh, which I can tell you, know, having seen it, they audience watched most of the movie, and he drags a bunch of random celebrities into the theater to. Yeah meet and greet people and they give arnie hammer and somebody else a hot dog cannon and it was like nailing people, oh dude, dude it, those hot dogs were exploding you could tell like yeah. like you could see them blow out of the package as soon as they i think used they're it. meant to shoot into like the stands yeah. at a baseball game not in the like a theater you know the yeah. very first thing i think of all right billy you ready to drink from the fire hose? <laughs> yeah, but it's like one of those things because so I remember UHF, awesome. we were at Beyond nice, Fest nice, and nice they were hole. using a t-shirt <laughs> cannon in there. And man, that thing, it's like, yeah. like, whoa, that is not meant for a movie theater. And no, this is that dude. same rest, scenario. Rest in peace, Mod Flanders. I mean, to be fair, if I got nailed in the eye by Army Hammer with a hot dog, I'd say that's all right. Yeah. That's a story. And then, you know. but I guess the funniest visual that or was Guillermo del Toro yeah. walking into a movie theater ca- carrying a six inch with lin-manuel miranda yeah like that was it was the two of them carrying a six foot sub i'm like that's this is incredible but the ultimate dumb payoff is at the beginning they do a bit where um jimmy kimmel is gonna give a jet ski to the person with the with the shortest speech and it seemed to be working for the most part right they get to the best picture at the end of the night Guillermo del Toro literally says three words, and then he's not the only person. Yeah, here. there like three other people won Oscars. And this is best picture. Best dude. picture. And the second Guillermo del Toro stops talking, uh, Jimmy Kimmel brings out the the costume designer for Phantom Thread. He won the jet right. ski. Everybody just when the and then. Oh, were you going to say yeah, something? Yeah, and then that Jimmy, was awkward. I was like, well, I just wanted to say that you're everything you're Well, that's how we should end it. Right. Li- yeah. That's super. So yeah, you awkward. don't get to say shit and you won best picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am going to say I can't I can't blame Jimmy Kimmel for all of that. I mean, obviously, the show has producers. Yeah. And he's not the one that started to play the music as soon as Del Toro stopped talking. Yeah. You know, like so, uh, you know, but. And I will say that, I mean, for what it's worth, those scenes with the audience members and stuff and the the normies like, yeah. are the things that get the most viral play afterwards. So yeah. I can see why they're doing it. I just wish that, you know, especially with with uh, Best Picture, they should have just let the freaking producer yeah. talk, man. Like, that's huge. That's a big, big moment for them. Um, but were you feeling this, like, nervousness the whole time of, like... Because even though it's like, of course, they're definitely not going to read the wrong movie. But did you feel this kind of weird, like, tension of like, yeah, but what if it happens again, man? Like, Well, no, because I saw the, all, they changed the envelopes now. The okay. envelopes say, like, the category in oh, huge okay, letters gotcha. on them. <laughs> so that way it's right. like, you know what's in this envelope without me telling you. It's right. like, And I'll leave it. I mean, for me, it really is one of those things where I, I, I being it, it's just 100%. Especially people know how much I love A24 films. Yeah. Moonlight should not have won. I know we probably talked about it last year. Yeah, I thought La La Land should have won. Well, no, no, but, but I'm that, just, I'm just one of those things well. where I'm just think, I'm just saying the Oscars and their long history of not picking, which we talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I truly felt like there was some justice in the world that finally um, um, a movie that really did deserve it. And I would have been equally happy if Get Out had won. Yeah. But if they went again, like if the Phantom Threaded one, and I'm not Shane on that movie uh, at all because I haven't seen it, but I am going to say that, you know, it's yeah. the typical exemplary Oscar best picture mm-hmm. winner. I was like, 
yeah, they then didn't I'm, go the safe route. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it's that's, important that's to I mean. separate, you know, yeah. Phantom Thread is a terrific film. Lady Bird is a terrific film. But if either one of those films would have won, it still would have been a little annoying to me as much as I love those films because it is the safe bet. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and that definitely It's very rare right. that the best picture of the year actually wins best yeah. picture. I yeah. think that actually True. happened this year for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I love, I love, 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 love Shape of Water. But like, I mean, in my ranking, Shape of Water is my number 10 and Get Out's yeah. my number one. So like, no, and I, mean, I, and I'm not well, I also that think either. that this, my big thing about uh, Shape of Water winning was, I, I do think this is, was probably Guillermo del Toro's best chance for an Oscar. Right, right. And, and, and for what it's worth, I honestly am glad he won for this and not Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Because, well, personally, I don't love Pan's Labyrinth because I think it's just a big fucking bummer and it's like really violent. That's always and, the problem you know, with, with like, Pan's Labyrinth. It has a very depressing ending. Yeah, so you don't want to watch that movie. No, again. but I love. I mean, I truly love Pan's Labyrinth. I think it's one of the most. You know, it's one of those films where I just don't feel that. I mean, like if there were any justice, really, the Devil's Backbone would have won to yeah. me. But I mean, it's one of those. But ones it's the where... same reason why there's not like a repertory market for movies like True. The Mist. Yeah, I'm like hey, you guys, you want to go see The Mist tonight? Oh yeah, no, most people. Well, That's it's like God. I mean, the one. I, I I think that movie gets some play actually. Yeah. But, you know, no, it does. I think it's one of the best films. It was one of my favorite King novellas, the oh, yeah. radio drama especially. But the film was everything I wanted and more. I just feel that. Um, you know, it's one of those situations. Yeah, I I can't disagree. I guess I like bummer movies. Yeah. So I yeah. and I freely admit that. But I. It's not even the bummer. You know, with with no, Pan's but Labyrinth, that... it's just it's the entire yeah. film. It's not just the end. Like I don't care the you know whatever spoiler a girl dies. Like that's not the 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 big deal of it for me. It's like the horribleness of that whatever the general guy throughout yeah. the entire film is just so abrasive to me that it's not something I want to sit yeah, through. Yeah, that is kind um, of well. No, it's I I put it too. It's not it, it, to clarify because I think it's a good point that you make that it's like it wasn't even it was in my like top 10 maybe it's i really enjoyed the movie i just it's one of those things where i I, you know i don't just want to you know like he doesn't just deserve the film because he made so many great films and he didn't it's just one of those cases where i'm like you know the oscars you know it's just one of those things where i'm like man you really have an opportunity i I liked lady bird i never saw phantom thread a couple of the other ones I, i really wanted to see three billboards I know there was a few other like you know big, uh, you know these are going to be big I would actually have been upset if through billboards, but won. That, yeah. But yeah. what I mean is, is that you know you can you can tell with movies that yeah. you know this is the Oscar gold, like this is this is the prestige picture or whatever. Because uh, what was the other one? The fucking artist. That was another uh, year that I was going. Well, there, there, you can pretty much like, yeah. There was a movie where I was like, that's say custom at most bit. Miramax films that won Best Picture did not deserve them. You know, and I will say this: like prestige films that win, like I don't necessarily always mind um, when those have like you know. I just rewatched Braveheart, for example, and I'm like, you know what? That's totally I could totally see that movie winning Best yeah. Picture. This movie is still two two decades later, an incredibly entertaining it's a great film, movie. really really well made. I feel the same way about Glad. I mean, I love Gladiator. Like yes, Gladiator so is great. I. So like, I don't have a problem with movies like that winning. So that's like, if Dunkirk won, I wouldn't have necessarily minded. Um, you know, but like, where it kind of bothers me is like movies like Crash winning. Oh, and, Crash and, is the other and ultimate. For that same reason, on on a lesser degree, because I still think Three Billboards is pretty good. But like, Three Billboards is a movie that purports to talk about racism and then says nothing about racism. Well, like, that's it, kind it of really, isn't that really the, doesn't the embodiment of Crash? 
trash. It's yeah, like, that's yeah. the what point. What the hell is this movie right. about? It's, like, it's a trite exploration of race in a way that makes people feel better about themselves, but actually doesn't do anything. Whereas a movie, so I think if Three Billboards won and Get Out did not, you yeah. know, a movie that actually talks about real racism, like that, that is, I think, would have been a travesty. So I think, um, you know, well, I mean, I'm really and, happy. That and Shape I'll be totally won. straight that I think that that no pun intended. That I really feel like Moonlight didn't approach anything at all. Like it was a personal film, it was enjoyable. Right. As a any kind of political or social movie, I'm like, this doesn't confront anything. Like anyone who thinks this does, I mean, I am sorry, you are way off on that. Like this is completely like a a, a personal film. But I just felt like, too, I don't, I I never, you know. For me, it's whether you love La La Land or any of the other pictures that were nominated. I just really feel like they were like, we should give it, we should give it the win. And it's like I feel it's completely like, not even half-hearted. I think it was completely like empty. They're like, we think this film should win, and it's like, and like I said, I like the movie, so I'm not mm-hmm. like decrying. Yeah. It's like, oh, the movie didn't win. I just, I, I still, I still never seen it. So oh, I, I wish I could have an yeah. opinion on it. Honestly, really? Um, yeah. Wow. Well, are you talking about Moonlight? Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't seen. it. Oh, you should Amazon definitely Prime. check yeah. it out, man. Yeah. Um, is it awesome? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say just with Shape of Water, what I love about it is that it is an unabashedly Guillermo del Toro film. Yeah. You oh, know, no it's doubt. like it's such a it's that movie is so him. Um, and I love the fact that he didn't have to compromise anything because even Pan's say. Labyrinth, as much as that movie, you know, obviously feels very del Toro, especially in the fantasy sequences or whatnot. But it's still an Oscar kind of a film. Right. You know, and it's like so I'm I'm honestly glad that he won for this and not for that, because this is him not even even pretending to pander to Oscar audiences. Yeah. That's why I was surprised he even got nominated for Golden Globe. Like that was like, I mean, when you mentioned that, I was like, there's no way. Like I really, I, I there's no way this movie's going to yeah. get recognized. Yeah. It's too weird. It's about, you know, a fish love story. What are you talking about? Well, I think there's people who pick that want this movie to win. I, I, I truly do believe this because of what they felt were the political or social narratives that they align themselves with. Whereas opposed to, I think that there's just a timeless nature to this movie yeah. and the things that are important because they are. And yeah. I feel like that that is is sad that the prejudice that exists universally um, without being like because, like I said, there are, I think people it's one of those films that made it more heavy handed. Um, but I felt that like that was actually what I was going to say. Guillermo del Toro does not give a fuck. And that's why I love him, that he will make the movie he wants yep. anytime. I know, obviously, studio interference yeah, happens with sure. all of his movies, but it's nice to see him. I, I agree with that, that. But I think that what happens is that he ends up not making a lot of films rather yeah. than um, sacrificing True. his vision. Oh, yeah. There you go. You no know? doubt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean I that's just, the thing. We know that when he and makes And I'm glad film, that like he's making more original I mean, films. like I was scared he was going to go down that route of doing all the Hobbit movies. Yep. Yeah, so I'd that, rather, that worked out really. I would have well loved to him. have seen his Hobbits. So don't get me I wrong, but um, I feel like it would have been like what happened to Peter Jackson that like where he his, lost all his soul. potential was like yeah, or, or what happened to Sam Raimi? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's true. The the trilogy disease. There you go. Like <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think that was an interesting little conversation. Yeah, around definitely. Topics. Yep. Yep. What time were we at? Uh, almost oh. seven. Yeah, wow. God, time time yeah. flies. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Cult Falling. You might have noticed Jasper's not here. He's sort of taking a little personal hiatus. Sabbatical. Sabbatical at the moment. We wish him well. We'll miss you, Jasper. Jasper. See if we can get uh, Adam to fill in here on the future. But uh, in the meantime, you'll have to enjoy listening to these three goons. So 
From this goon, Victor Moreno, I'm signing off along with Joshua T. Ruth. KLF! Oh my god. And Kirby Nelson. I just want to say it's International Women's Day. Yeah. So for the most important woman in the world, my mother, I love you with all my heart. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah, and happy and happy International Women's Day. It'll be late at this point, but seriously. Yeah, see yeah. if we can get this up by tomorrow. So it's still a timely yeah. reference. Until next time. You guys, well.